Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Okay, welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I am talking today to an Australian who is in living in England, and you may have been hearing his name float around on the internet. I'm talking to Pastor Josh Williamson today. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well, mate. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good as well, and uh, I know that we already said the, the mate. I talked to one other Australian, my buddy Ryan Williams, a couple months ago on the podcast, and he was saying mate, and so it got me saying it for a couple of days, so I may get into that here again in this recording. Well, you- you're going to be speaking Australian in heaven, so you may as well get used to it. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. I'm Absolutely. Glad. It's the tongues of angels. Hey, we heard it from Josh here, folks. The, the, the tongues of angels, Australian accent. So get, get to practice. Uh, why, why don't we pray? And then I got a bunch of questions for you. And uh, we'll just see where the, where the Lord leads us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you that I get to talk to a brother from across the, across the ocean, across the pond. I thank you that he is standing strong and he is getting a lot of heat, but you're, you have given him the backbone to stand according to your word. And I thank you for that. Help us to, uh, to, to speak in such a way that honors you. And I pray that he would be encouraged. I pray that my listeners would be encouraged. And ultimately we want you to be honored. And so we trust Holy Spirit. You'll point us to Jesus and see to it that, that, that God is honored. It's in, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, for, uh, for those who don't know you, I just known you from the last, I don't know, week and a half following some, the story online, but go ahead and let, let's just start with a general introduction. Tell us a little bit about who you are and then what you do and uh, tell, tell us your family as well. Just kind of give us a, a quick bio of who you are. Well, as already been mentioned, I'm an Aussie. Uh, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church here in Newquay in Cornwall. Uh, for those that aren't familiar where Cornwall is, if you watch Poldark or Doc Martin, that's Cornwall. Uh, that's where we are. We minister in a beautiful coastal city and we have the wonderful opportunity of being able to proclaim Christ. Uh, I was sent to this church from my home church in Australia as a missionary. Uh, the church here is 200 years old, but is in a stage of needing revitalization. So we arrived in December, 2019, uh, just in time for the COVID lockdown and all that fun, exciting things to occur. But by God's grace, we are seeing the church grow and we're seeing the gospel go forth. And for that, we are rejoicing. I am married to one wife, which is good since I'm an elder of a church. And I have three children. My oldest is nine. My middle child is six and my youngest is four. So they keep us quite busy. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. My wife and I did just finish Poldark about two or three months ago. And so the coastline there is absolutely gorgeous. You live in such a beautiful place. Was that recorded on site? Yeah, a lot of those coastal scenes were filmed not far from Newquay, so we get to enjoy that every day of the year. Wow, that is so cool. So you answered already the second question I had for you, which is how you ended up in Cornwall from Australia. And so this, this church, how was the connection? What, what was the connection then uh, being sent as a missionary? How did the church in Australia know anything about what's going on in the UK? So the church here in Newquay, uh, we've been talking for a few years. Uh, they've been looking for a pastor and those connections have built. And eventually through discussion, a call was extended to bring me across. Uh, the church I was at in Australia, I was serving as the interim pastor uh, with a co-elder and where we were a reformed, we are a reformed Baptist church, I should say. And the reformed Baptist church here said, hey, let's work together. How can we better advance the gospel across the seas? And before you know it, I've left sunny Brisbane, where I'm from, and I'm now in sunny Cornwall. 
Wow. Very cool. We're, we're a Reformed Baptist church as well, a confessional church. And it's great to know the work of God is going forth through, you know, everywhere. It's really, really neat to hear. Let's, let's talk about being a Reformed Baptist. You have a high value on an internal and external call into ministry. And so I would love to hear about, how, you know, even just when, when you were converted and then how it was that you knew internally that God was calling you to this work. And then what was that external affirmation process like for your local church? So I was converted when I was nearly 17 years old. I had originally decided my life was not going to be in ministry. I actually wanted nothing to do with Christianity. Wow. Uh, I had set my career goal to be a, career, uh, a soldier. I was going to join the Australian regular army. I was going to serve my entire life in uniform. That was the plan. But the Lord had other plans. He recruited me into his army. Uh, I, I look back at it now and say, it's the sovereign grace of God that got me because I wasn't interested. I was actually Amen. converted in a Pentecostal church, a wow. large Pentecostal church. That hey, I went I to Pentecostal college, Josh. I went to Pentecostal so I. college. I, I spent, spent a couple of years in a Pentecostal college training for Pentecostal ministry wow. and then became a cessationist, which doesn't help. <laughs> um, but, so I was converted in that church. It was a gospel preaching church. The pastor there was a godly man who, who proclaimed the full counsel of God. And on the night I was saved, I can remember the deep sense of sin coming upon me and this realization that God was after me. Now the church was several thousand people. It was a big church. They did the altar call, come forward. I didn't want to go forward, but I was at the front before I realized what was going on. And it was at that point, the pastor once again proclaimed Christ and him crucified. And as I heard the gospel again, I'd heard it thousands of times. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents faithfully taught me the word of God. But as I heard the gospel again that evening, it was as if that weight of sin lifted from me. And mm. I remember looking around and seeing all the other people who responded to that altar call, they were laughing, they were joking, that they were carrying on. And I, I looked at them, I thought, don't they understand? They've sinned against God mm. and God is going to get them. And that stuck with me. I have sinned against God. I rightly deserve his judgment, but he has been so kind and so loving to me in that he sent forth Jesus to die on the cross in my place and to rise mm. again from the dead. And that night I, I understood Christ and I went home and I read the gospels and I just had a hunger for the word of God. I then began training in the Pentecostal college. And the reason for that is that the plans to join the army came to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ended up going to Bible college because I had nothing else to do, mm -hmm. but it was in the college. That I started to be discipled and I started to learn. And that church confirmed that they believed I was called to evangelistic ministry and called to pastoral work. Um, I didn't want to do that, but God gets his way. Yeah. Uh, and eventually I agreed and I started mm -hmm. to become very passionate about evangelistic work, become passionate about serving the church. My theology shifted. I became a cessationist while in a Pentecostal church. That doesn't help your career goal. That, that's just a, a free tip for anyone out there in Pentecostal college. If you become yeah. a cessationist, it's over. <laughs> um, so I ended up going back to a Baptist church where I grew up in. And okay. the minister there was a, a godly man, a Calvinist man who took me under his wing i wasn't a calvinist at that time and he began to disciple me and teach me the scripture and i was mm -hmm. soon convinced of the reformed theology the reformed faith and then i thought what do i do with my life now i've got half a degree in a pentecostal college my theology shifted what do i do and he encouraged me into baptist ministry to start studying mm -hmm. and training and the church confirmed it and the church supported me as i spent the next three years studying at a baptist seminary Wow. So I went through all that, went into the pastorate, got married. Uh, all the exciting things happened. I planned to stay in Australia long term. I thought, you know, 
I'm going to settle down, get married, have a nice little country church somewhere and I'll serve my time out. I'll live and I'll die and be only known to heaven. Um, but the Lord decided to uproot us and to, to send us abroad. And hmm. we're, here we are serving on the other <laughs> side of the world, proclaiming Jesus and our message is still the same. Amen. Christ is coming to the world to save sinners. We want people to know that Jesus. We want people to trust in him. And we want the church to be strengthened and, and stand solidly upon the authority of God's word. Amen. That's so good. You know, the authority of God's word is something that I think a lot of people in the United States anyways have been somewhat embarrassed about, not creedily. Creedily, we, we affirm the authority, the sufficiency, the inerrancy of scripture. But practically, what I have seen almost everywhere in the denomination that I serve and the network that I'm a part of has been a group of people who are uh, caveating away the rough edges, what seem to be the rough edges of the Christian faith. And so where the scriptures speak clearly in areas on homosexuality or even gender and uh, the image of God in the United States is not popular. And it, so it seems like based on what you're, you know, you're dealing with right now, it's not popular in the UK to, to say what God has to say and say what God has to say clearly without being embarrassed or ashamed. And so when I saw the story pop up on my Facebook feed about what's going on, and, and we'll get into that here in just a second, I really admired, here's a man with backbone, because that's what the church needs, people that are not men that are not ashamed or embarrassed about what God has to say. And you dared to say on a Facebook post something, and I want you to speak to it, because I don't want to say too much or, or too little here, but I would love for you to bring us up to speed on the controversy that you're currently facing. And I know that you're working with a legal team right now and may or may not be able to say all that you want to or whatever. So I'll just leave that to your discretion. But I would love to, for you to say what you can say about what you're dealing with right now in, uh, in the midst of uh, everything that's going on with, uh, with uh, your, your legal battles right now. Well, the first thing I'd say is I'm no one special. I'm just a servant doing my duty. I don't have any right or authority to edit or change the word of God or to smooth off the rough edges of scripture. Amen. Um, the scripture declares that we are to be ambassadors for Christ and ambassador does not get to change the message. He proclaims the message that the kingdom says needs to be proclaimed. Amen. So I, I don't have a choice on what I say and what I don't say. And I'd also say with the controversy in regards to the LGBT movement is that even though there's controversy raging, we love the LGBT community. We want to see them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we want what's best for them and their lifestyle choice is not best for them because it's sinful. Mm -hmm. So we want them to repent. We want them to trust in the savior and everything that we have said, everything we have done has been done out of love and truth. Unfortunately, sometimes offends people, but that doesn't change the fact that we love them. And that doesn't change the fact that we want them to come to know Jesus. But it all kicked off several weeks ago now when Cornwall Pride, which is the, the, the gay movement, the LGBT community here in Cornwall, okay. announced that they were going to continue with their Pride Festival, their Pride Parade, which was one of the only ones left in the country after the COVID um, pandemic. So what we did as a church is that we took it to the Lord in prayer. We, we didn't want to see the Pride Festival go forward. So we prayed about it and it looked like the Pride Festival was going to continue. They were fundraising in the public. Uh, they were making all the right noises. Media was giving them support. And on the, on the Tuesday night at our midweek Bible study and prayer meeting, we prayed two prayers. One of them has been answered and we're trusting the Lord for the second answer. The first prayer that we prayed was that the organizers of Cornwall Pride and the LGBT community would be converted. That's mm -hmm. our first desire. That prayer is yet to be answered. Okay. The second prayer was that the Lord would bring Cornwall Pride's festival and parade to a halt. Mm -hmm. 
two days later, seemingly out of nowhere, a media release went out saying Cornwall Pride is cancelled this year. Hey, now, man. we rejoice in that. Yeah. Uh, I know other people step back and say, well, that was just a na- natural outworking of lack of funding or perhaps COVID. Perhaps so. We don't rejoice in COVID or the deaths of COVID or anything like that. But we also know that God uses common means to achieve his ends, that mm-hmm. God uses through the work of providence to achieve his goals. So we rejoice that the Lord answered prayers and that the parade was stopped. Now, this media release was put on Cornwall Live, which is a newspaper or online newspaper. I don't think we actually have physical newspapers anymore. But this uh, online news source released the media statement from Cornwall Pride saying the festival's cancelled this year. And I noticed that there were many, many people commenting saying this is a good decision, right decision, glad it's cancelled, shouldn't have been on, shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. considered. And I just added a two-word comment, two words, to the list of comments. And I just said, wonderful news. That's all Mm -hmm. I said, wonderful news. My voice would have been quickly lost in the streams of other people saying very similar, if not the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. But then a person came along and I don't know why they chose my name. They came along and they asked a question. Why is it wonderful news? Mm. I have to answer that. Yeah. And I said, I don't believe sin should be celebrated. Hmm. Yeah. And you can probably imagine what happened at that moment. Mm-hmm. It blew up. It detonated. And I was amazed that people were shocked that a pastor would give a pastor answer to those yeah. questions. Right. Now here you ask a Bible preacher, what do you think? And a Bible preacher says, this is what I think. And people are shocked. There's horror. How dare he? Hmm. So the comments then started coming in. One lady said, oh, you're judgmental, you're horrible, all those standard lines, you're a homophobic bigot, you know, wonderful things, which isn't true. We reject the accusation of homophobia completely. But then someone said, well, aren't we all children of God? Why don't you celebrate pride? And I answered and said, well, we're not all children of God. Uh, The Bible says in John chapter one, we must receive Jesus. And that's how we become children of God. We are all naturally not children of God. That's why we need Jesus. And I Mm. quoted the scripture. Yeah. Then someone else came along and said, well, how dare you say homosexuality is a choice? And I replied by saying, well, all sin is a choice. No matter what sin you commit, James chapter one, and I quoted the scripture that we're led astray by our own desires. We choose to commit sin. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is what we choose to do. We choose our sins. And then someone else said, well, what about gay Christians? And they're talking about in the context of practicing homosexuals and claiming Mm -hmm. to be Christians. And I said, Mm -hmm. I don't believe that there are such things as gay Christians. Yeah. And the reason I don't believe that, and this is where I've probably gotten in the most trouble, is I said, because in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, the Apostle Paul uses the words, as were some of you. Past yeah. tense, Amen. not current tense. Amen. And I quoted the scripture. And that's probably about all I said. And it just blew up from there. I went to bed that night thinking, oh, it's going to blow over. You know, news cycles are like, the next the important thing will come along or, or someone will get outraged about Donald Trump or Boris Johnson or something like that. And then I'd be forgotten. Mm-hmm. But what Cornwall pride did is they decided to whip the crowds into a frenzy. Mm. They screenshotted what I said on Cornwall live, but they edited it. They removed oh, wow. the context of what I said. And they only showed half quotes. They then went onto my private page and saw where I said, hallelujah, God's canceled Cornwall pride. They mm. screenshotted something from my private page. 
Then they went back to Cornwall Live and they found some derogatory comments made by someone else, not by me. They screenshotted his comments. Wow. And then they blacked out the names, posted them all together and referenced New Key Baptist Church and made it oh look my. like I had said all of it. Next thing you know, my phone's ringing, BBC saying, do you want to be on the radio? I'm there going, I'm trying to prepare a sermon. I don't know what's actually going on here. Right. So I got in contact with Christian Concern, which is my legal team. And I said, what do we do? And they slowed everything down instantly. So we need to get ahead of this before it blows up. But mm -hmm. it already blown up. And from that moment, the hatred just started to flow. I was mm. threatened. My wife was threatened. People took my face and superimposed it upon homo uh, homosexual pornographic images and posted it online. Mm. Uh, there was threats of violence towards me, sexual assault threatened. All manner of evil and vileness was put online. If you want to know what Sodom and Gomorrah was like, you could probably get a good guess by reading their comments. Oh, no. But it just blew up. Mm. And we thought, well, who knows what's going to happen because Cornwall Pride whipped the crowd into a frenzy. Then they said to all their followers, report him to the police for hate crime and hate incidents. Here's how you can do it. Mm. Even though all I done was quote the scripture and right. put forward the historic biblical teaching. That's yep. all I did. Right. And they did. They started reporting me to the police. Now the police have yet to speak to me about any of their accusations. They've never once spoke to me about any of their hate incidents that have been reported against me. I've spoken to the police two times and both of them were in direct relation to me complaining about them. Hmm. And the reason we complained about them was at first they were going to organize a protest outside of our chapel. Mm -hmm. so they were going to come along on a Sunday morning and disrupt services. There was different tactics being discussed. And we thought we have elderly people and children in our church. We need the police to be present mm -hmm. just in case there's a public order issue. And right. they didn't show up for the protest, but the police came by. They were friendly. They were wonderful. They did a wonderful job that day. Good. The next time we had to call the police was when people began to threaten to burn down the chapel. Mm. And there were people saying, I will drive you to the chapel so you can burn it down. Well, wow. there were other people threatening sexual orgies in the chapel from the LGBT community. Mm. And we had to report that to police just for safety reasons. We thought if right. anything happened, Absolutely. we need to let them know. Mm -hmm. And the police said, we'll look into it. Now, these accusations of burning down came about because Cornwall Pride leaders and a transgender man contacted me and said, will you sit down and discuss this issue with us so that we can have peace in the community? Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm happy to sit and meet. And I met with two of their leaders and also our church secretary. We all met in a public place. Uh, we, we bought them coffee. We, we, we wanted to show love and kindness to them. Right. And it was in that meeting, the transgender man, that is a, a man who thinks he's a woman, mm -hmm. um, said that he has been called by God through direct revelation okay. to change the hearts and the minds of the pastors because he's a Christian mm. and he wants us to come to see the truth that transgenderism is actually acceptable and homosexuality is acceptable. Wow. He said his pastor doesn't agree with him, but his pastor affirms his Christianity. So this man said he has also, he boasted about this online. He has spoken to other pastors who might agree with me, but they have learned to be quiet and keep their views to themselves. And that tells me straight away that there's bullying in place. Right. So we met, we discussed, uh, he, we listened to his story and you know, it's terrible to hear that the threats of violence that these people have faced. It's, it's terrible mm -hmm. to hear that the suicide rate is so high. We, we don't want these people harming themselves. Right. We don't want them Absolutely. Hurt. 
I mean, we love them. We affirmed that to them. We said, we love you guys. If we saw someone attacking you, if someone is going to beat you up right now, we would be the first to step in and defend you physically. Yeah, absolutely. And we even support your freedom. And we said, we support your right to peaceful protest because the right you have to protest is the same right we have. So we support freedom. And we stress that to them. But the problem came is that we would not affirm this transgender man's Christianity. Mm-hmm. And we explained to him what repentance was. We explained to him the gospel. And we stressed to him that just because he had a vision, and I don't doubt he had some spiritual experience. Right. We stressed to him that just because he had an experience does not make it true because even the, the enemy, the devil, can appear as an angel of light deceiving people. Mm-hmm. And we stressed that to him. And, and we stressed the truth that any revelation, if anyone claims to have new revelation, must align with the old revelation. Yeah. If it doesn't align with scripture, disregard it. And then we've explained that what he was saying went against the word of God. At the end of our conversation, which was about an hour, it was friendly. It was polite. Uh, there was one point where the transgender man got angry, but he apologized. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all left on good terms. But at the end of that conversation, I said to them, look, we, we've been talking for an hour. It's very easy to misunderstand each other. Can I give you a leaflet that explains what I believe? It explains... Mm-hmm the position I hold to in regards to homosexuality in the Bible. And both people said, sure, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So we gave okay. them a tract each that uh, explains the homosexual question. And we left, we were fine, but then it blew up. They stirred it up after that. And they made out that we were mass distributing these tracks. We are. Huh. We've only right. given out two and it was given out with permission. Um, they were, praise God, they posted the full text of that track online. So we rejoice that thousands in the LGBT community have now read the gospel. So yeah, praise amen. God for wonderful things like that. And, you know, that seed's fallen upon good soil, we trust. But they stirred it up. They stirred up the hatred and they stirred up the bigotry. They stirred up anti-Christian rhetoric. Mm. And next thing you know, there's threats against us. So we had to call the police. Yeah. The police rang me the day after my complaint and they said to me, no crime detected. And I said to the, the officer that rang me from Newquay, I said, they threatened to burn down the church. How is that not a crime? Wow. Yeah. And he said, oh, no, it's different to making actual threat. We, we haven't detected a crime. It's a hate incident, but not a hate crime. Well, I spoke to my legal team about that. And we weren't impressed with the answer. So what we did is we went back and we said to the police officer, no, we really must insist that you investigate. Mm-hmm. I have screenshots. Uh, I would like a witness statement taken. I would like to make a formal complaint of, of threats towards our chapel. Mm-hmm. Well, the police officer I spoke to that time was friendly. She said, we'll get straight onto it. We'll arrange it for you. She was outside of Newquay. She was in a call center elsewhere. But the next day I got a call from a sergeant in Newquay who said, look, we don't think these threats are credible. It's, it's a complex situation. I don't know what's complex about we're going to deck him. We're going to harm him. We're going to mess him up. We're going to have a sexual orgy where we're going to ejaculate into envelopes and send them to the church. We're going to burn. Mm. I don't, I I don't know what's complex about that. If if we were saying that about them, it was very clear. If we'd done it, we would all been banged to rights. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's complex apparently. And then the sergeant said, we're not taking any further. We don't think it's a crime. And, uh, our advice to you is that you can hold to your views. You can express your views in the safety of your own safe environment, Mm. which means the church. Right. But if you express your view online or in public, 
that may offend Cornwall pride. And when you offend them, that may be a breach of the law. Oh my gosh. So what happened here was we complained about them threatening us, no crime detected. Mm-hmm. But if you say anything publicly, we might go for you. Yeah. And I had the sergeant clarify twice in that conversation to make sure I was understanding the man correctly. Wow. And he clarified it both times. And we can prove what he said. Hmm. He very clearly detailed in his advice, not by law, I have to give him that, it was advice that we can only express our opinions in the safe environment. And if we're going to say anything publicly, Hmm. we should only say things which are positive and good and accepting. Yeah. You know, that's, that's crazy to hear. And I think it really, your situation really highlights some of the things that we may be facing here 10 years from now, five years from now, I don't know, maybe even a year from now, or even, I mean, in some pockets of the United States, what we're facing right now. But I, I think that there is this general sentiment that if the world just understood the Christian message, and if we could just make it clear enough, if we could just make it cool enough, if we could just package it in some way, then, then the hostility would somehow die down. And what you're seeing is, is clear evidence that, no, 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 the truth itself, our, our, there is nothing that we can possibly do as loving as we possibly can. When we bring the truth, even when it's the truth in, in love, the world will rage against, they will suppress the truth, and they will war against anything uh, being said that says you are wrong. You are not right. This is a rebellion against God, whatever that rebellion is. The issue is that God exists and he demands repentance from the world. And the world would rather God bow the knee. They would rather God repent. They would rather Christians straighten up. And, and so I think you're, what you're dealing with illustrates the point so well. There, there is no missional motive here. There is no, you know, we can't just so missionalize the gospel that people are going to be, oh my gosh, I finally understand biblical gender and sexuality now. It's, there's a conflict and it is inevitable. So what next? I mean, obviously you can't just be quiet. I mean, you can't uh, be silenced into just the local church walls. That, that's in violation to, to God's commission to you to disciple the nations and proclaim the gospel. And so what, what, what's developed since that point? Yeah, so we're not going to bow. It's that simple. Amen. No surrender, Good. no retreat. Good. We, we are going to stick to the book and keep to its standards. Amen. The word of God must Amen. be proclaimed. There is no compromise coming from our way. We will not bow to bullying. And we love the LGBT community. We are going to keep proclaiming Christ to them. We're going to preach that biblical Christianity calls on repentance for people to repent and have faith in the Lord Jesus. We will proclaim clearly, both in public and in private, that homosexuality is a sin, but God loves sinners and Christ can forgive all our sins. We're Amen. going to keep proclaiming that because it's not my job to edit the Bible. It's Amen. God's word, not mine. This is his world. It's his rules. He proclaims what he tells us what we should proclaim. We Amen. speak the truth. Now things are definitely heating up here and we know it's heating up because there was a news article that came out the other day in the local newspaper where a new key town councillor, uh, Mr. Stephen Hick, went into the paper and he just so happens to be a leader within the Cornwall pride movement and an elected official. Wow. And Mr. Hick came along and he has now issued a call for me to be deported. He has written to the home office asking that my visa be revoked because I'm a hate preacher. Now, all I've said is what the word of God says. So unless Mr. Hick wants to say the Bible is hate, which I'm sure he probably would say that he has called for me to be deported. But then he went a step further. He is calling on all individuals 
and all businesses in Newquay not to listen to, quote, our odious message and to deny us access to their premises. So Mr. Hick is basically calling on businesses in our community to refuse access to their services, their business, their premises, if we are Christians, if we are members of the New Key Baptist Church. Now, I'm assuming that it's only our church at this stage, but it shows a troubling trend. Mm -hmm. And I do have to ask the question, how does Mr. Hick know who the members of New Key Baptist Church are? Is he going to require us to wear a yellow cross on our shirt that we have to walk around and identify ourselves with? I mean, how's he know? It, it, it yeah. very much is totalitarian government here. This is bullying to the extreme. This is dictator, tyrannical uh, government coming into play. Yep. Now, our prayer for Mr. Hick is he gets saved. Our Amen. second prayer is the prayer of the Psalms, that the Lord would remove him from his office. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, I've unfortunately seen other pastors in the area. I think you posted this morning or maybe late last night that the time change from where you are to where we are is kind of confusing me when I see your post. I don't know when those exactly are going on. So I think maybe yesterday you posted a couple pastors, just some screenshots of them apologizing to the LGBTQ plus community and saying, hey, we're Baptist pastors and, you know, quote unquote pastors. And ultimately charlatans who, who, who are ashamed of the words of God and who, unless they repent, Jesus will be ashamed before his heavenly father in heaven because of their being ashamed of his word, unless there's repentance on their part. So unfortunately, it seems like that there is some religious leaders in your area who are coming alongside and saying, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're mean. Josh is mean. He was wrong. Anybody who says homosexuality is sin, they're, they're, they're mean. And it seems like that that's going on. Is that the case? Indeed. And there have been two known Baptist ministers who have publicly spoken out against us. And indeed, they may be Baptist ministers, but they are certainly not ministers of Christ. Amen. They oppose God and his word. Uh, they are the charlatans, the wolves, the false teachers that the scripture warns against. They are deceiving many mm -hmm. and they are letting many walk merrily headlong into hell without care or concern. They are the hate preachers. They are yes. the hateful ones because true love speaks truth Amen. and calls Gosh. for trust in Jesus hate says go to hell i don't care yes and that's what they are they're hate preachers and we've seen two members of the baptist union of great britain the very denomination that ch spurgeon preached against and warned against hmm. come out saying ignore them this is not biblical one of them said there's not even a single verse in the bible that addresses the i saw that it's so ridiculous and i tell you satan loves to affirm unrepentant people and if all we want in life is affirmation the, the enemy of our soul will gather people around, even religious leaders, to affirm us all the way to hell. And they say the road, is, the road to hell is paved in good intentions. And it's also, it's also paved in affirmation. And there are people, if, if, if you want to gather affirmation in, around you and get rid of all the toxic people in your life, you're never going to have people in your life that actually love you. True love, as you stated from the beginning of this episode, or beginning of this interview, even till now, real love here confronts people with the truth of God's word. And you would really have to be a hateful preacher to actually believe in heaven and hell in the work of Christ. And then not tell people about it. You would be really hateful to not tell people to repent and trust in Christ. And that's the irony of all this is there is this paradox here where those who say they're preaching love are actually preaching hate. And those who say uh, that you're preaching hate don't see that you're actually preaching love, but you're praying that it falls on good soil. So how in in Southern Illinois, that's where we're at. Illinois is five hours south of Chicago and in, in the state of Illinois. How can my listeners who are primarily, not exclusively, but primarily in the United States, what can we do? And I'm assuming you're going to say prayer, but what can we do to come alongside you, Josh, and your church 
Um, what, what can we do to help? I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to spread word and get more and more people praying, but, but practically, what can we do? Or maybe some churches that are in Great Britain who may happen to, to listen to this and don't know your story yet, what could they do to come alongside of you and stand up for the truth of God, call their magistrates to repent? And by the way, a great book that may be helpful for you guys uh, in, this, in this season is The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates by Matthew Truella. I don't know if you have that. It's a new book that came out in the last five or so years. Um, I actually interviewed I, Matthew. I've heard of it, but I haven't got it. Okay, I interviewed Matthew Trella a couple months ago on this podcast. So when this comes out, you ought to you ought to scroll through that. And he has a great some great work that he uh, extends from the Matterberg Confession about some work done in in uh, I believe in in uh, in France. I think uh, the original confession was written and that that gave birth to the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, where the lesser magistrates have obligations to obey God rather than man and disobey higher magistrates unlawful authority and do so in a peaceful manner and so that that would be a, a helpful book but what can churches where you're at that may hear this and churches where we're at who hear this what can we do to help first step is pray and i'm, okay. I'm going to stress that and i'm going to i know the puritans stress heavily on prayer and so often today we go we could just pray no 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 as the puritan said when we pray we're talking primarily to god we're, we're talking to the king of all kings and the lord of all lords we get a direct line of communication to the sovereign lord so it's not just pray let's That's pray good. let's 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 plead with the lord to intervene mm-hmm. and i would ask that you pray for the conversion of the lgbt community mm. they keep complaining that we're praying about for them even the atheists LGBT members are saying, stop praying for us. Uh, if you don't believe in God, don't let it bother you. Mm-hmm. But no, pray for the conversion of the LGBT community. Let's pray that they will come to know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we mm-hmm. want. We want to see Christ rescue sinners. Pray for New King. Pray that our community would come to love Jesus. Pray for our church. Pray that we would continue to be faithful, that we continue to stand boldly for Christ and that we would not shrink back in the day of battle, but rather mm-hmm. we would take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and say, no surrender, no retreat. So Amen. pray for that. Also spread the news of what's going on. The LGBT community is the master of spin and lies and deception. Yeah. We think about it, taking a word that means happy and they've applied it to themselves, yet they have massive suicide rates. Mm-hmm. They're not a happy community. There is no peace, God says, for the wicked. So we, 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 they spin things, they twist things, they pervert things. So spread the truth, proclaim the truth, uh, share the article from like Christian Concern, who has set forth what is going on. Replace error with truth. Yeah. The next thing I would encourage people to do is this. Take a bold stand for Jesus wherever they are. Pastors who are listening, Amen. you will get hit hard if you stand for Jesus, but he is worth it. Worth mm-hmm. it. Stand for Christ. Amen. Don't surrender. Don't return. See, there's a saying, a historic saying, used to talk about the enemies being at the gates. No, the enemies are no longer at the gates. They are now in our streets and they're going door to door. And the reason they've got into the city is because pastors and churches have given up their role they have surrendered to them by silence mm-hmm. we need to stand boldly for jesus pull out the word of the word of god the sword of the spirit and engage them with the gospel mm-hmm. we must do that and if we don't do that we have no grounds to whinge whine and complain when we see our society going downhill yeah. we must stand and pastors i would plead of you be bold for jesus take a stand for christ and do not surrender do not lay down your sword. Do not compromise. Hold fast to the scripture. Stick to the book. 
And that would be my encouragement to pastors. Stay solid for Jesus. And churches, get behind your pastors. Encourage your pastors. Pray for your pastors. You too strap on your sword for battle and stand with them. Proclaim Jesus in a loving way. Go proclaim Christ. Declare that he is Lord over all and call on men and women, young and old, rich and poor, to repent and trust in the Savior. Amen. Amen. My goodness. Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Well, I want to set up, set you up to praise God for his grace. I do this with every interview and I sent this beforehand, but I, I just want to tell, I want you to tell us, Josh, why is it? And you've said so much that's been strung together through this whole interview about God's grace and his mercy to you and, and hearing the gospel and being just set on fire through the power of the Holy Spirit and just being born again and excited about the gospel of Jesus. But would you just tell us, why do you love Jesus? Because... He loved me. I am still amazed that he would love me, that he would rescue me, that he would lavish his love and grace upon me. I look at my sin and I rightly deserve death and hell. If there was a line to hell, I should be number one in that line. I have sinned against God more times than I can count. Mm. But Christ so loved me that he gave himself for me. He went to the cross. He took my punishment. He was my substitute. He took the full force of the wrath of the Father for my sin, Mm. crucified, dead, buried. And then he rose again for my justification. Mm. Then he was so kind to give me repentance and faith. Why should I praise him? He's done everything. And and I'm just standing in amazement. And since Jesus Christ loved me and saved me and rescued me, then all I can do is stand for him. Amen. That is so so that's why I'd say praise him. Praise him. Declare his glory among all the nations. That's so good. Pastor Josh Williamson, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, if they want any more information, my listeners want any more information from you. Is there, do you have a website? Do you have somewhere they can go to find out anything? If you've either written or find your sermons or anything like that, where can they go to find out more about you and everything that's going on? Probably the easiest site to find will be my own website, joshwilliamson.org. That's joshwilliamson.org. Uh, from there, you'll be able to get in touch with me via email and uh, we'll be able to help out with any questions that people may have. And uh, please, if we can encourage you to stand for Christ in the midst of your battle, let us know because you know we stand as a body. We stand as one. We're not a bunch of isolated Christians fighting in our own little part of the world. No, we are one body in Jesus standing boldly for him. So let's support each other. That's good. Well, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.